Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. This morning we're going to be taking a look at the parable of the coin, as spoken by Yahshua in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 15. And this is one of the shorter parables of Jesus the Christ, and it is found only within the Gospel of Luke, meaning you will not find it in Matthew, Mark, or John. However, today we're going to take a look and what Yahshua says pertaining to that which is lost being found. And we're going to look at the three steps that the woman of this allegory took in order that she may be able to find that which is lost. And you may be asking yourself, well, why is this important? It's important because the majority of Yahshua's parables usually center around something very small, becoming quite large, or something that is hidden or lost being found. And you will see that this quote-unquote parable of the lost coin is no different. It's found, as I said, in Luke chapter 15, but it begins in verse 8, where we read, Either one woman having ten pieces of silver if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently, till she find it? Question. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And that right there is Yahshua's entire parable of the lost coin. And there's actually so much that can be taught from this, but let's point out the obvious before we dissect this. And that is this, that this parable is technically considered an extension of Yahshua's parable of the lost sheep. So, in chapter 15, we're dealing with things that are lost. And towards the beginning of chapter 15, Yahshua speaks on lost sheep. Now, you may be saying, why is this important? It's important because Christ himself would say, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, most assuredly instructed his latter disciples to go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So understand 
that something that is lost but ultimately found is usually much greater in the eyes of God than somebody who's lost but never does get found. For example, in the parable of the lost sheep, we learn pretty much the same thing. He says, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And that is the main thing of the parable of the coin. Something that is lost, being found. But in this particular allegory, we're dealing with the topic of silver. And Yahshua says, What woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, doesn't light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it? And this word silver, as it is used in the Greek, is drachme. And what's interesting of note about this term, silver, is that drachme in the Greek means to grasp and or to entrap. To entrap. Therefore, this is very important because we're dealing with not sheep in an allegorical sense, but we're dealing with a lost coin in a literal sense. A literal lost coin used in a parable of Yahshua. And the parable centers around Silver, drachma, something that can grasp you or entrap you. Remember that Yahshua straightforwardly taught, you cannot serve God or man. You'll hate one, love the other, or cling to one and despise the other, but you can't serve both. And that is the first point I would like to bring forth. In this particular allegory found in Luke 15, Silver means something that can entrap you. But yet, in this parable, these ten pieces of silver are lost. And Yahshua teaches common sense. He says, What woman, or which one of you Israelite men, women, or children, if you have ten pieces of silver, but you lose one-tenth of them, you lose one piece, will not follow these three steps in order that they will be able to find it. Therefore, the second point is this, and this is very important. The three steps that we as Israelites must do to find anything, including our identity as to who we are, is to light, sweep, and seek. Light, sweep, and seek. Notice, in this particular parable, Yahshua says this woman lights a candle. And it doesn't say what hour this takes place. It does not say that this is in the dead of the night. But that this is the first step into finding that which is lost. Light your path. Light a candle and walk within the light. The second, of course, is to sweep. And we're going to get to this one momentarily, because there is much biblical importance into this word sweep, meaning clean and prune what it is that we have. And this, of course, is common sense as well. Because if we're looking for something, the first step is to shine light upon it. The second step 
is to cut to the heart of the matter. To sift through all the BS proverbially and get to what it is we're looking for. Now there is that old proverb that it's hard to find a needle within a haystack. But if we sweep that haystack to the side, it makes it much easier. And therefore, the third step into finding anything is to seek. You must be seeking first in order to find. So, the three steps that are outlined by Jesus Christ in the parable of the lost coin is to light or illuminate, to sweep or purge, and to seek, meaning to go after. It doesn't make much sense to sit around and cry or complain about something that is lost, whether it is a coin or it is a sheep, if we're not going to seek after it. So, the first step is light. And I'd like to prove a point. Turn with me to John chapter 9. That is, the gospel according to John. And we're going to read a very important statement pertaining to light. And perhaps you're familiar with the fact that I preached a sermon in years past titled, Light of the World. Because we are supposed to be the light of the world. And Yahshua says that a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, meaning that we are to let our light shine before man. Why is that important? That's the first step, according to the parable of the coin. So in the Gospel according to John chapter 9, we read in verse 5. Yahshua says, As long as I am in the world... I am the light of the world. Yeshua says, I am the light of the world, as long as I am within the world. Now, there are people who could come in right now and say, you know what, but Yeshua was crucified. He's no longer in the world. Therefore, he's not my light. But the point I want to bring forth is this. If Yeshua is the light of the world, then step one that is outlined, according to Luke chapter 15, is seek Christ first. He is the light of the world, and that is the first step. The woman in Yahshua's allegory lit a candle first. Yahshua says, I am the light of the world. Now, he of course reiterates this a couple chapters over. In this same Gospel of John, but chapter 12, he says in verse 46, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Not abide within darkness. Yahshua, like the woman in his own parable, does not give a specific hour. He doesn't say, well, when it gets dark, you turn on your light. The point of this is that Yahshua says, I am come, I am, first and foremost, the sacred name of God, Jesus the Christ. He came to be a light in the world, that if you and I, the Israelite men, women, and children, believe upon him, we won't abide within darkness, or be enveloped, or, we could say, grasped and or entrapped by darkness. 
when this woman is looking for her drachma, the first thing she does is see Christ being the light. Christ is the light of the world. He came for that purpose. He came so you can see. And a majority of people out there say, you know what, I can see. My pastor teaches the Bible. But those that truly have eyes to see and ears to hear will recognize Yahshua as the Good Shepherd. They will recognize that they also are sheep in need of a shepherd and will follow their shepherd's voice. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. For example, right here in St. John, let's read verse 35. Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. He in darkness does not know where he's going. Common sense. Because if you cannot see to walk, you will stumble, you will fall. Therefore, the first step is to seek the light. Yahshua is the light of the world. So seek Christ first in all things. Now what's interesting about John as an author and an apostle is his writings lean more towards the spiritual. They teach on Yahshua's deity more so than anything else. And we just dealt with a quote here in John dealing with Yahshua being the light of the world. But if you turn towards the end of the New Testament to the epistles of John, you will see that John carries this theme into his own writings. Why is this important? Because it proves that the early church was established upon one specific teaching. And that is that we are to walk in light, not in darkness. The way of the world is to walk in darkness, and you see this within the media. Because a majority of our people don't mind worshipping death to one degree or another. They don't mind going after lies. They don't mind going after darkness. Because oftentimes, when light is shown upon a specific individual, they can feel condemned. Therefore, men truly do prefer darkness. And this was taught all the way back in the very beginning of Genesis. Therefore, in the first epistle of John, John establishes why it is that he's writing this letter. In chapter 1, but beginning in verse 5, he says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, who? Christ. John is saying in this letter, this is what we heard from the Messiah. Your Messiah, dear listener. And he's going to reiterate it right here for you. He says, This is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. John says God is light, and that is the message that he heard from Yahshua when Yahshua said, I am the light of the world, in John chapter 9 verse 5. Well, what else? Well, continuing in verse 6 he says, if we say then that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Several things need to be established from this set of passages in 1 John chapter 1. Number one, John heard Yahshua say, I am the light of the world, and writes in his own epistle that God is the light of the world. Verse 5, I declare unto you, John speaking, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If God is light and Yahshua is light, and in them there is no guile or darkness, deceit or lies, perhaps that makes sense as to why a majority of people prefer darkness over light. Because we're commanded to walk within the light. Now, I could digress right here on the topic and theme of light and continue to prove that we are the light of the world. And if we are the light of the world, we are to be a reflection of our God and or Messiah, who is Yahshua and or Yahweh. Therefore, if we are the light of the world, oftentimes we shine light on the wicked, sinful deeds of man. And that is one of the reasons why they persecute us. And it's definitely the reason in Yahshua's parable of the lost coin in Luke 15, the first step is light your path. Shine some light on what it is that you are seeking, going after, or what it is you have lost. In short, if you've lost a loved one, or you've lost a material thing like a coin, or you've lost one of your animals, a simple sheep, the first thing to do is to go to God who is light, to go to Yahshua who is the light of the world. But step two is sweeping or streamlining what it is that we have in order to truly get to what's important or that which is lost. So turn with me back to Luke. However, this time Luke chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 11, we learn beginning in verse 24, Yahshua teaching. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return to my house whence I come out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. 
It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. And when it cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in, and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Notice that when a demon is cast out of a particular individual, it will wander to and fro. It will seek dry places. It will seek even rest. But when it doesn't find any, it will come back to that vessel. Meaning, if a demon is cast out of a particular individual, it's only cast out for a short season that that individual does not resist. And when those demons come back, seven times worse with seven other unclean spirits, what do they find when they return to that quote-unquote house or proverbial vessel that is you and I? They find the house swept and garnished. Swept, clean. But it does not stop the demons from entering within that particular host. So, the second step is to sweep our homes. To streamline. And that is what's being taught here in Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 24, where we learn about the state of backsliders. Now, I'd like to interject right here and point out that in all my years of preaching, I've never really known anyone within CI to backslide. Now, I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, then most of us do not have problems. We understand this three-step method of seeking out and finding that which is lost. Now, the word sweep is found only in Luke chapter 15. It's unique to this particular allegory of the lost coin. But swept is found within the New Testament and old several times. But what I really want you to understand about cleaning things, streamlining, cutting off dead branches, for example, is that they eventually grow back. And demons that are cast out will eventually come back and even if our homes are swept and garnished, if we backslide, it is better for us to have never known the way of truth than to know the truth and turn from that proverb. So step two is to sweep our homes, to get our house in order. So, number one is illuminate. Number two is clean. And finally, number three is seek. Seek. We must seek that which is lost. Now why would Yahshua say this? Because it would stand to reason. If something's lost, well that person's going to seek after it. But that's not always the case. Many of us lose out in life or we lose opportunities and that cripples us for the rest of our life and we sit around never seeking a healthier alternative or never seeking a better way of life and simply complain. So, in order to actually seek what it is that we're doing, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, we read in verse 33, Christ says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, 
And all these things shall be added unto you. Notice that Christ says, Seek. In order to find the kingdom of God, or to find a lost sheep, or to find a coin, like we're dealing with in this allegory, the first thing we must do is seek first. Whatever it is we are seeking. In this, they're seeking the kingdom of God. And Yahshua says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not only the kingdom, but his righteousness. Yahweh's judgment, which is pure and true. Therefore, he continues in verse 34, here in Matthew chapter 6. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus doesn't say, hey, people are generally good. He says there's enough evil in the day. <laughs> you don't have to seek out more evil. This is why we're commanded to abstain from all appearance of evil. Christ wants you to rest within that fact that if you seek, you'll find. Therefore, he could say, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about that raise and don't worry about how your bills will be paid. Overall, seek first. The kingdom of God. Right? This is reiterated, of course, in Luke chapter 12, verse 31. But Christ also teaches another point in this same Gospel of Matthew. However, one chapter over in Matthew 7, verse 7, he says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So what do we need to know about seeking? You must seek in order to find. You must ask in order for anything to be given unto you. And in order for the door to even be open unto you, you must knock. What does this denote? This denotes that you must take the first step. You have to light your candle or sweep your house or seek diligently. Whatever it is you're looking for. You have to do it. God's not going to come and ask you if he can give you blessings. He's not going to come and seek you out. You must seek him out. Let's continue reading in verse 8 in Matthew 7. Christ says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So, if you want to find your lost coin, your lost sheep, then you must what? Seek. If you don't seek, you will not find. Now perhaps this is an oversimplification, but I really want to stress the point. It's up to you and your priorities. If you really want to find your lost coin, then you'll put some light on the issue. You'll sweep clean your proverbial house and you'll seek. Seek. If you don't ask, you don't receive. If you don't seek, you will not find. Now, here's a point I'd like to make about Yahshua. It's found back in Luke, and this is the second to the last place I'm going to take you this particular Sunday morning of June 12th, 2016. In Luke chapter 19, we learn about one of the reasons of Yahshua coming from his own mouth. 
Remember that John said in his first epistle, chapter 1, that we're to walk in the light because God is light, and he learned that at the feet of the Master. Therefore, in Luke chapter 19, we read in verse 10, Christ says, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. That was one of the reasons of Christ's coming. Christ, Yahshua the Messiah, came, being the Son of Man or the Son of Adam, to seek. In order for him to find, even Christ or God manifest within the flesh had to seek first. So whether it was an allegory of lost coins or lost sheep, or tiny things like a mustard seed or a granule of yeast growing into something large, Yahshua practiced what he preached. He came to seek, to seek. Now, many people would come in and say, why didn't he know? That's not the point. The point is is that we must seek him first. Christ says, my sheep hear my voice and will follow. Moreover, the voice of a stranger they will not. They're not going to hearken unto a strange ruler. Now, we see this example in almost every old and New Testament examples where they would rather serve God over man. But remember this fact, the Son of Man came to seek that which is lost. So there's one more place I'd really like to establish the final step, that is, of seeking diligently anything that we're looking for. And that is in the general epistle to the Hebrews. So please turn there this morning. In Hebrews chapter 11, we find a confirming statement, beginning in verse 6. Paul, most likely, through his scribe Luke says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In Luke chapter 15, in the parable of the coin, the woman in Yahshua's parable sought diligently. Therefore, you understand why it was that she was able to find what it was she was seeking. She diligently, focusedly looked for what it was that was lost. So, remember that. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is considered, for the most part, the Faith Hall of Fame. The men and women mentioned here, like Abram, Noah, and Sarah, were examples of faith. And we learned that without faith, it's impossible to please them. For we, or you and I, that come to God, we must believe that He is. We must believe that He is. Therefore, the steps that are outlined in Yahshua's parable of the lost coin, as it is found within Luke 15, is light, sweep, and seek. Light your candle, sweep your house, and seek diligently in order to find that which is lost. Now, in this parable, we're dealing with the lost coin, but we can apply this to any facet of life. If we ourselves are lost or feel lost within the world, for example, first step, seek Christ, the light of the world. 
Second step, purge ourselves of leaven and or sin. That means to sweep our house. And the third step, continually abide within, through faith, seeking diligently. If we don't seek, we will not find. Now there are many people out there saying, well, why would God bless me? Maybe it's because we're not seeking Him. First, if we seek the kingdom and God's righteousness and don't lean unto men, we will not have the problems that we have now. A lot of us are looking towards one of these politicians like Hillary or Trump or Sanders to deliver. When Yahweh God is there and outlines within His Word that He will deliver us from them. From them. Who? Those politicians that are going to make society worse. But what must we do? Seek Him first. If we don't diligently dutifully and scholarly seek out Yahweh, common sense dictates that we will not find Him. So in conclusion, turn with me back to Luke chapter 15, and perhaps this parable of the lost coin will make more sense. This time, we're going to begin in chapter 15, but verse 3. The narrative says, He spake this parable unto them, saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? Diligently seeking, until, not giving up, because it's not made clear. He also continues, When he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. Now, here is the definition of the parable of the lost sheep. I, Christ speaking, say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over ninety and nine just persons, which need no repentance. Therefore, that is the main theme of both the parable of the lost sheep, and the parable of the lost coin. Not so much that those particular items were lost, but that their value was greater because they that are whole have no need of a physician. Christ came not only a light unto the world, but to call sinners unto repentance, to heal those that were healthy. The 99 sheep that were left behind were in a safe place. But after this point, after he says, that there is joy within the kingdom of heaven over even one sinner that repents, he gives the parable of the lost coin, beginning in verse 8. He says, Either one woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently, till she hath found it. Until. That's what's required on your part, my friend. Light, sweep, seek, and do not cease from seeking. Verse 9. And when she, the woman in this allegory, hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Almost identical to what's said in the parable before. I have found my sheep which was lost. So, she rejoices because she finds that which was lost. 
She only finds it because she saw it. And she followed this specific formula. After she finds it, she gathers together all her friends and her neighbors. That means her racial kinsfolk. And says, rejoice with me. Share in my joy. Share in my happiness. Why? Well, Yahshua provides the answer to our study and to both parables, once again, in verse 10. Here in Luke chapter 15. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Over one sinner that repents. There is joy within the kingdom of heaven, and there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents, which is why seeking out that which is lost is so very, very crucial to us. And not only that, imperative to us that we mark those false prophets who come in and say, you're a sinner. Christ didn't come for you. Obviously, that's one of the 99 sheep. Obviously, that's one of the nine silver drachma in this allegory. So, I hope that this particular study has edified you, and I hope that we, as a ministry, Covenant People's Outreach has blessed you in your own personal studies. Remember to seek out that which is lost. Anything that is lost to you, including wisdom and knowledge. If you pray to Yahweh God and you seek an answer within His Word, God will shine the light upon what it is that He'll have you see. And so, until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry! Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.